And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. Toomey, her husband John, and their son Connor are a family of three, but not by choice. They are three quarters of a family due to the devastating suicide of their son and brother CJ at age 20. A death completely unexpected, CJ's suicide forced them into a life they were not prepared for. As CJ's mother, Haley, carries a burden of guilt surrounding her son's death, which she lifts through a life of advocacy. CJ's story, it's a hard one to hear. I can't imagine how hard it is to tell. As many times as you've shared it, Haley, I'm sure it doesn't get easier. For those who have not heard the story of the day you lost your son, could you please share one more time? I certainly can. Uh, it never gets easier, but I am always thankful to share it because in some ways it means my son's being remembered. Um, so that day was 12 years ago, and I remember it like it was yesterday. April 14th of 2010, CJ had called me at work and had told me that the plans that he had for sort of his next steps in life had changed again. Um, over the last few weeks prior to that, he had had all kinds of different plans and they seemed to be changing quickly. But I thought we had sort of settled on what was going to happen next. And this was after he was discharged honorably from the military. And he called me and said they were all changed. And I just, I was at work. I remember being frazzled and thinking, what do you mean? You know, how could it have changed again? And I said, you know what? Instead of trying to do this over the phone, let's, let, I'll come home. It's my lunch break. I'll come home. You stay there. We'll talk. So I raced home. I only worked just a few minutes from the house and um, completely coincidentally, my husband, who normally didn't come home for lunch, happened to be coming home that day. So we sort of walked into the house at the same time. CJ was standing in our kitchen and um, we kind of both walked in there, but the conversation that ensued was definitely CJ and, and myself. And we argued. Um, he just kept saying things were different. He wasn't really explaining it in a way that made sense to me. I kept asking direct questions and he just didn't seem to be helping me understand what had changed. And he kind of real quickly escalated. He got very upset. He wasn't crying, but he was very, um, in hindsight, I remember now thinking very, very emotional. Um, so much so that he banged his fist on the kitchen counter and it bounced. And he just kept saying, I have nothing. And at the time, I, I couldn't understand that either. I must have said 10 times, what do you mean you have nothing? You have your dad and I, you have your brother, you have your friends, you have work, you have your girlfriend. And he just kept saying, I have nothing. And I didn't recognize that for, you know, again, in hindsight, probably what that meant. But um, we just continued to argue. And at some point, he kind of got closer to me and he said, you think I'm a failure, don't you? And I remember as clearly as if it was happening at this moment or yesterday, rolling my eyes that. You know, he's just being a teenager. Um, he was 20, but still felt like a big teenager. And just thinking like he's being dramatic. And um, 
he just, I didn't say anything. I didn't say, I love you. I didn't say, no, I don't think you're a failure. I didn't say anything. At that point, he ran upstairs. Um, I didn't know what he was doing, but he just ran upstairs. And I kind of walked to the bottom of our steps and looked up. And before I could even turn to my husband, John, and say, what do you think he's doing? He ran back downstairs. And he sort of walked up real close to my face. And we were sort of back in the kitchen at that point. And he said, failure, I'll show you failure. And with that, he turned and he ran out, out of our front door. Um, our house was elevated sort of up on a hill. We had several steps that took you down to street level. John and I followed him out there. And by the time we got down the steps, he had already jumped into his car, and um, which had been parked in front of our house. And he turned the car and drove it to the top of our street. Our street was a dead end. It was a cul-de-sac. And he just drove up there and... And we didn't hear anything. And John and I stood there for what was probably 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And I just remember thinking, I don't know if he's going to drive back down here, but he and I had been the ones fighting. And CJ and I were very alike and we sort of both got very passionate and escalated quickly. So I thought maybe I should go back in the house. And when he comes back down, maybe John can flag him down and they can have a conversation. So I clearly remember turning, but not my feet didn't even turn, just sort of my shoulders turned. And as I was in that mid-turn, or at least this is how it feels, the car came flying back down the road and pretty fast. And it screeched to a halt in front of, almost directly in front of my husband. And I was just a foot or two beyond that. And I still feel like, and I think it is accurate, that I was still sort of in that turn. It's almost as if the world slowed down. And before I got completely turned around, the next thing I remember hearing is John screaming, Hallie, he shot himself. And, you know, not even knowing what, what did those words mean. And as I turned back, um, John was already running to the car, which was probably three steps and trying to open the door, but it was locked. So I have a very very vivid memory of John smashing the window with his elbow and reaching into the car and unlocking the door and then he must have you know opened the handle on the outside and the next clear image I have is CJ tumbling into John's arms and um what happened after that is is a blur um I have moments uh, it was a beautiful spring day there were neighbors out somebody called I guess called 911 um I know John held him for quite a while. I don't know if he held him until the ambulance got there, but sort of the next memory I have is somebody throwing us into their minivan. Um, I remember not having shoes on, like they had fallen off and why that sticks with me, I don't know, but um, we were brought to the emergency room and it, we arrived just a few moments after CJ, but it was obviously long enough that they had already started working on him. We were brought into an exam room and it felt like 30 seconds later, an ER doctor came in and asked to speak to us and very solemnly, um, but very honestly and quickly said, I'm not sure what happened, but your son either understood the caliber of weapon to choose. Um, I, he said because of his military training. So, you know, what I feel like might have been a minute or two, might have been three or four. Somebody obviously passed that on that he had been fired military. But he said our son either knew what weapon to choose or 
understood the location, but that this wasn't a cry for help, that CJ had shot himself in a way that was fatal and that um, they were still working on him. But even then he said, there's most likely no hope. And, you know, that was 12 years ago. I can still to this day, as even as I'm talking about, I can, I can hear the gunshot, which in the moment I don't even think I heard, but I must have. I can smell gunpowder. Um, I must have gotten close enough that day because I had blood on my clothes when we left the hospital, but um, just the beginning of a constant 12-year nightmare. It's when our life, lives changed. And so unexpectedly, so suddenly, so un unexpectedly, um, Thank you, first of all, for for sharing, Kelly. Thank you. Um, with a loss like this, I imagine there must be such a large amount of of guilt, of grief, to manage both of these. You chose to not only share your story, but to share your son. Literally. I would love to hear how Scattering CJ began and how did it help you find a way to heal? So the million dollar question, I don't remember what prompted it to start. Um, dusting CJ's urn became the norm in my life. And somewhere within that first year, I just remember having a moment thinking that this couldn't be it, that there had to be more, that as a mom who, you know, you mentioned guilt, absolutely guilt-ridden. It doesn't matter what people say to me. Um, I didn't say the things that I should have or could have said in those last moments. My mom guilt is intense. And in that moment, I just remember thinking, I need to do more for him. I need to do something else for him. I didn't really understand what that was, but... CJ loved to travel. Um, you know, the sad irony is a person who took his life, he loved life. He loved people, he loved adventures. And I just remember looking at the urn and thinking there's gotta be more. And in that moment, um, more to me meant maybe I can ask friends or friends of friends to take a little bit of CJ's ashes and sort of help him travel around the world that he didn't live long enough to see. And later that day, or maybe later that week, I asked my husband, John, and our other son, Connor, if they thought that was crazy, because on some level, I wondered if it was. Mm. And they both immediately said no. And, um, you know, I kind of joke with them. In hindsight, I probably would have done it anyway. But it was really important that as a family, we believed that this was the right thing to do. So with their blessing, I just really quickly wrote a post on Facebook and um, didn't give it a ton of thought. I simply wrote, you know, is there anyone out there who would take a little bit of our son and take one brief moment, just a minute or two on your vacation, on your travels, scatter CJ's ashes, send us back a single photo or maybe a few words just to let me know where and when. And I just remember thinking if 50 people responded, that would be a big deal. And and really, that's all. I had no expectations. I had hopes that maybe just a few people wouldn't think it was crazy. Um, and so I posted it. And I did get 
pretty quickly a few responses, but those were friends or friend, family friends. And at the same time, I was, I had already started the process to anonymously donate a kidney. Um, That's just another way to honor life and to, you know, CJ was an organ donor. So I, I was having that process happen and actually going through surgery at the same time that the post took on a life of its own. And I kind of came out of the recovery after a few days and realized that my phone was just going crazy with notifications. And what had happened is our local newspaper had picked up the story that went to the Associated Press and then CNN picked it up. And it it just, you know, you never, viral things don't happen in my life. And that's what happened. The story went viral. And very quickly overnight, we had, or felt like overnight, 50 offers became 500, became 1,500. And 12 years later, we're still getting them and we're over 22,000 offers. And so what ended up happening, and I didn't know this, I didn't look for it. It was sort of this organic, beautiful thing that came of it. The Scattering CJ Facebook page took on a life of its own and it became a community of the most compassionate and empathetic and wonderful strangers. And, you know, I get teary now when I think about it because I offered people nothing. I promised them nothing. I said, please take my son's ashes and that's it. I didn't tell them that I would write about it on the page. I didn't offer anything. And yet people came out of the woodwork and said, I stumbled on the story or I read it, you know, in some Houston, Texas paper or somebody from London and just said, it touched me. You know, I too have suffered from from mental illness or my, you know, fill in the blank friend, family member, aunt, uncle, mother, father. I've had suicide in my family and I can't help them, but I can help you. And so please let me take your child in this community formed. And I really didn't understand the scope of that. Initially, I also didn't understand that I needed that. Um, I started it with the intent of keeping my son's memory alive and sending him on a journey. And really what the universe gave back to me is to recognize that I'm not alone and that there are people who, despite CJ's last decision, which I'm terrified that he'll only be forgotten for, that they ensured me that they would embrace his memory and that they would honor my wishes to tell him in those last moments when they're scattering him how much I love him because I didn't do that. And, um, you know, it hasn't healed my heart. I will live forever with the guilt. Um, I've said more times than I can count that I've never been actively suicidal, but I recognize my pain is forever. And until I'm no longer here, my pain and my heart will not stop hurting. But Scattering CJ has given me the opportunity and the ability to, to hopefully change the lives of others, to show them that you know, they can't follow in my son's footsteps. There's other options. There's a better way. And that suicide is a destructive and hideous beast. It leaves such a, a tsunami of pain behind. And... Um, Scattering CJ has given me the opportunity to to work with others through their kindness to hopefully change the uh, the path of, of many CJs. Right, right. Well, it's just it's absolutely incredible what you've done. Um, you know, through social media, a worldwide community. To your point, a worldwide community. 
was formed as CJ's ashes were spread. And do I have this right? Over a hundred countries by over a thousand volunteers. I mean, of the locations recorded and the moments shared of CJ's journeys, of those who carried him, cried with him, honored him, can you share a few of your favorites? Yeah, and there are favorites, but um, it's never an easy question because every single scattering, every single offer has been, um, it's humbling and, and no, no scattering as we've kind of affectionately started calling them is better than another, but there's certainly some that we get asked a lot about. Um, a company out of Houston, Texas offered us the opportunity to send CJ's ashes into outer space on a rocket. And that is not something that I even knew was possible and certainly not something that we would have sought out um, on our own. And that, you know, takes probably the top of the, the cake. And, and I said it before, you know, it's weird to say because CJ, if he was here, this wouldn't have happened. But that's something that I think he would probably look at as being really cool. Um, he's, of course, gone to all kinds of beautiful locations. He's Great Barrier Reef. People have been have taken him diving. He's gone to the Great Pyramids of Giza. He's, um, I mean, he's on all the big things, you know, the Leaning Tower of Giza and the Eiffel Tower. But he's also in... I talk about this a lot. There's a, a, a mom in the Midwest who ran a daycare out of her home, just had a daycare. And she wrote to me and said, I'm, I'm sure you're not going to pick me because it's not grandiose and it's not amazing. But I promise you that if you send your son's ashes to me, that he will be surrounded day in and day out with laughter and smiles and he will never be forgotten. And, um, you know, I remember that offer sort of broke me, but not in a bad way. It was, how is that any less amazing than going into outer space? And it's the people, lots of the everyday kind of non-unique locations that are the people who reach out to me year after year and say, I went back to, you know, whatever the location is, and I visited him, and we talked to him, and we talk about him in our family. And... The people who planted, I have one gentleman who planted a rose garden in his backyard, had a had a rock um, made that has, you know, here lies CJ Toomey. And he, as the flowers bloom every year, I get a picture without fail that says, still here, CJ's still in the garden. And, um, you know, he won't forget my son. And he assures me that he... When people come over to his home and they see that, he then talks about it, which means he's raising awareness in my son's name. And what a gift. So there's, you know, there's so many amazing, but it's even in the minutiae that it's amazing. And I am brought to my knees every time to this day that somebody has the courage to reach out to me through social media and say, Here's what I have to offer. You know, you may not be still actively recruiting, but let me tell you why this is so important to me. And certainly when the military, when anyone from the military reaches out to us, it's um, very special because CJ only served for a year, but he served proudly. And these are the men and women who say he was our brother. Doesn't matter the length. It doesn't matter what happened. What, what matters is that he served. And, um, you know, he has flown on a military flight over Afghanistan um, 
he's, he's been scattered on lots of military bases. So every single scattering is amazing. Wow. Wow. It's, it's just, it's such a beautiful story. Like you're saying the, the minutia of it and how it just continues to um, touch so many in such a profound way. Um, you know, so let's talk for a moment. We, we talk about the gift that's been given in this scattering CJ had the film. It became a mm -hmm. film, had its world premiere at the Camden International Film Festival in September 2019. The film, beautifully produced by Spark Media, does such a phenomenal job of capturing the, the details of your story, where the love and the loss, they are not only seen and heard in this film, but they are so deeply felt. So this film, again, it, it's a gift with so much to give. My last question for you today is this. What is it that you hope people get from it most of all? That's the most amazing question because it's really what's at the root of all of this. When we agreed to do the film, we, we had no idea what the outcome would be. I couldn't see the value in telling this story that is so tragic and bittersweet and how it could possibly be made into anything that somebody could watch and find value in. And after I saw the film, I then thought, well, I'm too close to this. And what I'm seeing can't be what people see. But now that I know the response we're getting, I, I think I finally understand what it is I hope people get. And that's that they walk away wanting to talk. That, you know, I don't think it's any small coincidence that Spark Media produced this film that will now spark conversations. Um, I always struggle to say that I hope somebody likes the film because that feels very uncomfortable to me because I don't really want you to like it. I want you to watch it and feel motivated or compelled to come away and share your own feelings. Reach out to someone you know who might be struggling. Check in with those around you because ultimately, you know, we all talk about that it's okay not to be okay, but you have to own it. You have to recognize that silence is, is not going to get you anywhere and that the stigma associated with all of this is so overwhelming that unless we slowly break down the barriers and have conversations earlier in life, early in, you know, in the school systems, there just have to be more conversations. And so when people say to me, you know, I watched that film, I expected it to be dark and foreboding and, and sad. And yes, it was sad, but it left me hopeful. It left me wanting to say to my friends or my family, hey, watch this and then let's have a conversation. And that's all I can ask for. Um, I certainly, and I said this earlier, I don't want my son remembered for his last action. He was so much more than that trigger pull. And so this movie, yes, gives me, CJ's mom, the gift of my son won't be forgotten. And that is a wonderful and beautiful outcome. But the bigger part of my son's legacy is that people are using this film as a tool, as a softer way to approach it. It's not graphic. They didn't focus on all of the dark parts. It's It shows compassion in humanity 
in our world today where everything is so heavy and so difficult and so scary, it shows that, you know, the kindness of strangers can truly make a difference. And I feel like if the film keeps getting seen, um, you know, we get nothing from it. We don't ask for anything from it. We just want people to watch it and say, hey, you know, let's let's talk about what we saw. How cool is that? And in the in it being cool, let's how are you feeling? Let me share how I'm feeling. So I think just the takeaway is that I want it to be an everyday available tool to people to see it, to reference it, to talk about the amazing soundtrack if they want, whatever brings them back to it. It's the, in sharing it, they are in, innately opening a conversation or a, a door to having a conversation. And that really could save lives. You know, we've had people say to us, I watched it and I'm going to get help. I've had people that have said, I went to their Facebook page, I read, I I saw what your family's going through and I'm now going to, to get help or I'm, I see something in my loved one. So it can and will make a difference. And I know I'm biased. I, I think everybody everywhere should see it, but I believe that it, it can be a change agent. And I think I'm just going to keep promoting it and asking people to be a part of it, use it and learn from it. And, you know, together, I feel like Skadden Suja is a community and I really do feel like it's a community effort that we will just continue to hopefully save lives. It's it's so incredibly powerful having watched it. I, I will say it's it's very true the the loss of one, the journey of so many, the hope of so many. And who knew a film that is a story about your son, about a loss, about a suicide, that it could result in so much hope, in so much hope. And to your point, a tool for us to use and to, um, I just, uh, I can't thank you enough, Haley, for taking this time to share your story, to share your CJ, and to help all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you so, thank much. You so much. And thank you. He was awesome. And I'm, I'm proud to continue sharing his story. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.